Hey, this is Dewey Bragg of Kill Devil Hill, and you're watching CMS TV. It is your classic metal show right here on the classicmetalshow.com. The name of the band is called Madman's Lullaby. So good. And that's uh, called Makes No Sense. No, that was not the lynch mob. Might as well. It sounds just like Robert Mason, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It sounds uh, very lit, lynch mobbish. Dude, I'm so pumped to see them that they're they're playing at the Melodic Rock Fest. Yeah, absolutely. That's gonna. That's like the band. I them and Crazy Licks are the two bands that I truly, truly want to see. But I I have been playing that Sins Agreed record pretty much every day. Such a great record. I agree. Good shit. So uh, yeah, if you're if you're going to uh, be in the Chicago area, uh, May fourth, fifth, and sixth, come on out to the uh, Melodic Rock Fest at the Home Bar in Arlington Heights. Yes, please, and, and enjoy your enjoy yourself. Yeah, a lot of the bands are great, man. I I'm, I've been listening to a I like that band FM too. You like them? Yeah, that's a that's a solid solid act there too. So. I'm looking forward to it, dude. The more I listen to the bands now, it's not super heavy. I mean, Madman's Lullaby is probably about as heavy as it gets or Crazy Licks, but it's just going to be a, a fun time. And, you know, just just a, when was the last time you and I did an event? Was it the, the Lost Show? Yeah, I think it was your birthday. <laughs> the the quote-unquote Lost Show? Yeah. <laughs> Come clean, dude. Did you just delete it? Well, you know what? I I thought about that many times, and there was no believe me. It was there was no uh, forethought in this at all. Okay, but being that we record the show using uh, Wave Lab, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and being that the end of the night was so chaotic, right? That I did not intentionally delete the show, but but looking at the recording properties on the uh, little recording, uh, what you want to call feature on the wave lab yeah the the button to the far right at the bottom is delete and okay. and the middle button is save so you just hit the wrong one. i must have hit the wrong one because you know i had no intention of deleting it oh it's discard or just just stop right and i may have hit discard <laughs> i'm probably happy that you did i'd probably be in jail right now if you hadn't yeah so <laughs> Again, I didn't plan on doing that, but I think that's just what happened. Yeah. But listen, I, I am, I am, that's the only thing I think I've ever spit out of my mouth in my life. And I didn't, I don't even remember it. I'm, no lie, that is a blackout drunk night. I was blackout drunk. But from what everybody has told me, that's a night that I was completely off the rails. Yeah. In a way that that no human being should be off the rails. Well, I think the one who probably was having the worst uh, time of it, as far as where you were concerned, was your friend John. Oh, was I killing him? No, no, no. He was freaking out about the things you were saying. Oh yeah. And you know his he had family there, or people there that were probably shouldn't have been there underage. Yeah, exactly. And they they were they were friends of his band, somebody I don't, I don't know. They were they, of his of his guitarist Don. Yeah, they were his nieces. They were they were the the two that the two girls were his nieces, the ones that were fourteen. Yeah, 
Yeah, they were that I they were his nieces. So, you know, I was trying to run the show and trying to keep things in order and you're just out there just being belligerent and loud and you know, then John comes up and he's flipping out and telling me he can't be saying that kind of stuff. Those girls are like 14. This is going to be a real problem, you know, and and so that's when I just unplugged your mic. <laughs> Yeah, shit happens, man. Whatever. <laughs> and I probably didn't even stop. No, you didn't. You were just jabbering away. It's like, okay, Chris, we got to close down here. All right. <laughs> yeah. Then you were off doing everything, and I just packed up everything and, you know, pulled pulled all the merch down and packed up the table and rolled up the cords and shut down the computers and, you know, put everything in my trunk. Dude, that's the only time in, I think, in my life that I ever woke up scared because I, I truly didn't know where I was. I didn't know where I was. I had no idea how I got there. Once I sort of figured out where I was and I started freaking out because I didn't have a car or keys or your computer, the, my computers, which, you know, that might be important to a guy whose income is made on those computers. Yeah. You know, didn't know where any of that shit was. Didn't know where my phone was, you know, didn't have anything was like, oh, man, I am totally fucked. And then I was so god... I, I was still drunk. I mean, I was still, like, almost couldn't stand up drunk. Except I had the I had the next day headache to go with still being drunk. And I, I, I was, like, trying to look at a clock to see if it was... Uh, I, I was at John's brother AJ's apartment. And I, I didn't know what time it was, if I could wake him up or not. And because I and I was trying to look at the clock and my eyes were so fucked up between headache and um, drunkenness. And, and I was like, and I was like, fuck it, I'll wake him up. So I woke him up. He was still drunk. Then we, we went to he was like, well, let's go get some food. And we went to try and get some food and it just wasn't happening. Couldn't eat. Couldn't. It, it was a mess, dude. But we still went back to the club and I drove home completely fucking wasted. Yeah. I mean, even though it was like one o'clock in the afternoon, I was still completely fucking wasted. Yeah. I, I, uh, you know, cause you, you called me and it was like about 1130 and in the, in the morning, no, in the morning morning. Okay. Because yeah. I, I, I know exactly where I was because I was at the speedway gas station at, uh, interstate 77 and Arlington road. And I was, you know, filling up my tank because I was ready to get on the road and head back here to Chicago. Right. And you called me up and you were like almost in a panic. You were just like, dude, where's my computer? Where, you know, I, I can't lose that. W what happened last night? You know, so I was just like, you know, don't worry about it. I wrapped everything up. It's, you know, everything is tucked away. Uh, John's got your keys. You right. know, everything was locked up. Don't worry. Your computer's safe. Right. <laughs> what a mess. Yeah. I said that is. That is without question the absolute worst of my divorce hangover. That was when it all just fucking like it's like the stars aligned in the most horrific way. You know, it really was. I, I I've talked about it. and I obviously wrote about it in the um, in in victories. Yeah. Well, what's what's funny is that is that the girlfriend is sitting here on the couch reading victories as we speak. Oh, yeah. Well, that's nice. <laughs> she's like, oh, that poor guy. No, she's just like, this This book is like a breeze to read because it's all double-spaced and large font. 
Yeah. She goes, this is actually like a half of a book. It's like written for retards. I know. (laughs) You know, but, um, but no, dude, that is the one that to me was the, you know, it was what, two weeks or three weeks after the divorce was final. I was still in that shitty fucking divorce mode. And, you know, I was still a mess. I was drinking like that was right at the height of my drinking, which was um, drinking a bottle of vodka every single day. You know, so I was I was out of control on every level. And then we get to the bar. And what was the first thing Billy said? He brings me over the bartender goes, these two can drink anything they want all night. Yeah. Total mistake for me. Yeah, I, I drank about a half, half a Magnum, which basically a, a, amounts to a, a bottle of wine. Oh, don't worry, I got your share covered. Because <laughs> <laughs> what what did the bartenders count? It was like forty two drinks yeah. or something. I basically had maybe three glasses of wine over a six hour period. Dude, I I drank at least thirteen double screwdrivers. And I was drinking shots of Jaeger and shots of whiskey and beer downstairs with the bands. And the one band, John's, whatever that first band was, the Major League band. Remember they had me shotgunning beers through that that skull thing? Yeah. Like a a skull bong type thing. Right. And I was shotgunning beers doing that. Oh, I was a mess. I I, I say it all the time. The last thing I remember was introing... Um, Voodoo Brother, and they were the middle band on the bill. But there was still a whole nother show, apparently, that I was on stage for. Yeah, you were up there plucking a bass. Fortunately, yeah. it wasn't plugged in. Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> and, and trying to tackle John, I was told, and you know, I I don't know, I I don't know what happened. It was just a mess. It was definitely I. I there there are very few things that I will ever that I will ever admit being embarrassed to. That is one of the, that's one of those times where I wouldn't, I wouldn't do away with it because you know what, you, you do what you do and you, you don't hide from anything that you do. But I, I would definitely say that's one of those that I still see people and I'm like, oh, I got to go talk to this guy that remembers that. <laughs> yeah. Was that, was that 2012 or 13? 12. 12. Yeah. It was November of 2012. Okay. Because my divorce was final October 11th of 2012. Right, so that was six six years ago almost. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah, it's hard sure. to believe that, you know, you came back to the show in, what, August of 12? Mm-hmm. So, you know, you and I have been doing this together again almost uh, six years already. The best six years, yeah. I like to say. Yeah, well, you know, but the thing is, is the two and a half years you were not on the show seemed longer than the six years that we've been doing the show well it's because you didn't have any way to bounce anything yeah off of. and that, that was just, that was just a bad time for for me yeah on a you personal were, level i was in a horrible place you were in a horrible place i mean that was that was cab driving time too right it was yeah so you were you were in the cab which which we can't tell enough stories about how we, we tell these stories about me all the time, and you can tell whatever you want to about the cab stories, but I got the phone calls from you. I, I don't think I've ever known you to be more miserable, even when you were working for the Indians. You, when you were working for the Indians at the, um, the other place, 
I don't think you were one-tenth as miserable as you were driving the cab. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is with the driving the cab and, and, you know, one of the biggest concerns was, was being able to actually make some money that day. Right. Because there'd be days that I would come home with $100 in my pocket after expenses of buying gas and stuff. And then there were other days I came home after 12 hours and only had $20. Yeah. Oh, you know, so, you know, if, if things were slow... Or, you know, and plus gasoline was uh, high at that point. It was like four four fifty a gallon, mm-hmm. you know, and I had to pay that out of my own pocket. Right. And then you're sitting in some less than good neighborhoods, you know, for four or five hours at a time before you get a call. Yep. Fuck that. Yeah, that was a that was a tough that's a tough uh, time. You know, I mean, it was I was worried about paying the mortgage, you know, and just keeping the lights on and, you know, all that other stuff. So, you know, going out there working six days a week, 12 to 13 hours a day, then coming home on Saturday, I got home at like uh, 630 or a quarter of seven. I had about an hour to prepare. And then I would, you know, I would pre-record four hours worth of the show because I could only stay in. I could only hang for four hours live. Right. Sure. And because I had to be back up at six in the morning. Right. Yeah, dude, it was a mess. It was tough. And you were taking, you were doing those email reads from, from Richard and from, um, yeah, people were trying to help. I mean, everybody was trying to pitch in and help, you know, Wheezy stepped up to the plate and tried to help. And, you know, that, uh, Mark Nero, he tried to help and sure. Everybody wanted to pitch in and try to give me a little hand and, you know, giving me content Yep. and, and, you know, something to talk about, or at least be topical in between the breaks. Right. But man, that was, that was hard. Yeah, it was, it was bad. Everything about it was bad. And, you know, I was even trying to help you get a code. Remember that Indian guy that wanted to co-host yeah. with you? Yeah. But you didn't want nothing to do with it. Yeah, you were it like- just well. The problem was is, and you know, especially, I mean, you look at your little studio setup mm-hmm. that you have, yeah. and and in order, and I wanted to do it right. I didn't, I didn't want to have some guy on the other end, like mm-hmm. he was talking through a walkie-talkie, right? You sure. know, I wanted good quality. I didn't want that to suffer. And right. most people don't have the the aptitude when it comes to equipment and get doing it right. Right, sure. You know, and I knew that if I took on a co-host, I was going to end up, you know, having to set them up. Right, sure. And that was going to be a problem. And then the consistency and, you know, having somebody dedicate that amount of time every Saturday, because most people won't stick with it. Right. No, that's why we've been able to outlast everybody because we stick to it. You know, so I just knew that it was going to be a bigger headache for me to try to break somebody in. Sure. Then it would be just to go it on my own because uh, I, I said this from before and I'll say it again that I always knew that you would be back. Yeah. Yeah. You said that from day one. And and I, I mean, and that that's that's the I, odd thing is you you said that to me when I talked to you the first right after I quit. You were like, ah, you'll be back eventually. And I was like, mm, that would be nice. <laughs> In my head, I was like, yeah, that would be nice, but I'm not going to commit to that. I'm going to make my marriage work. Right. I kept saying that. I, no, no, I got to make this marriage work. I got to do it. Yeah. How'd that work? Yeah. <laughs> then well, I was more unhappy. I got I, like, I got to dig out that. I got to dig out that initial email 
that, oh, yeah. that you sent me resigning your position with the show. You need to. That'd be fun. I mean, I have it. I think it's on an old laptop, but uh, it, it's just, you know, just, just the, it was a lengthy, lengthy right. uh, uh, email that you sent me about sure. how you have, uh, you have to quit the show because this isn't conducive to a successful marriage and this yep. is your priority. And, you know, as much as you enjoyed it, it's just something that you can't do anymore. And I was just like, this isn't coming out of Chris's mouth. This is coming out of, you know, the wife's mouth. That might be the second most embarrassing thing after that show. <laughs> but no, dude, I'm and, and I'll put it out there right now. Whenever you find it, I'm happy to take my beating for that. I am absolutely happy to jump in the barrel, have you read it or have me read it. I'll I'll do it. And and take calls just beating me up for what a fucking pussy whipped bitch I was. Yeah. Well, the, you wow. know the, the funny thing is is that the last night you were with me on the air, we yeah. had about 2 hours to go mm-hmm. and uh you just disappeared. Yeah. We were in yeah. the middle of a discussion about something and I'm looking for your retort or your reply and there's nothing and you're gone. Yeah. And all I get is an instant message, dude, I got to take care of something. And then I finished out the show. And then the next morning I wake up and there's that lengthy email. No. Uh, uh, as of as of this moment, I officially, uh, re, uh, what, is, what were you saying? I'm leaving the show. Leaving the show, uh, yeah. Uh, effective immediately. It's like a resignation letter. <laughs> well, I knew you had to take it up to management. So. Yeah. <laughs> effective no, immediately, it, it was, I am it, leaving the show. Dude, and I can tell you what we were talking about, or I don't know exactly what we were talking about, but I can tell you what set it completely off was that that was in that phase where I was trying, I was trying to still be edgy, but keep it clean, but keep it at least FCC clean. And MOL called in and started talking about leaving grease spots on silk sheets. I still remember exactly what the fight was. It was the the words were grease spots on silk sheets or something to that effect, and I ret- I answered that and immediately she was banging on the fucking window. Yeah, I mean just immediately, like that, and shaking her fist. No, she wasn't even doing that. She just kept banging on the window. Right, it wouldn't stop until I turned the microphone off. And then it just turned into an absolute fucking war. Well, what what I found funny though is is the uh, stories about how uh, she would take the laptop to the bedroom and monitor the show. And as soon as something was said that was she considered out of line, yeah. she'd come storming in there and oh, yeah. and start an altercation with you right mm-hmm. then and there. Yeah, it was it was not good, dude. I, I, the show. The show would go till three o'clock in the morning and I wouldn't go to bed until like six or seven o'clock in the morning because then I had three hours of fight to deal with (laughs) and I was willing to do it. I did that for shit. Two years. The last two years that I was on the show with you, I did that where she'd be in there with the laptop and then she'd come in to fucking hammer me about every goddamn thing. She'd have a fucking notepad. You said this, and then you said that, and then you said this, and it's like, it's like, so what? You know, that was always my big argument back is what? What's worse, the fact that I talk some shit, or if I go out to the bars and start fucking other chicks? Relax, you know where I am on a Saturday. 
What's the fucking problem? No, I'm not the guy that's going to sit with you and watch fucking Friends all night. Shut up. <laughs> wow. That's it was a, a mess, man. That sounds so that sounds so exhilarating and tempting. Dude, I, honestly, it's I I say this to people all the fucking time. I I was talking to um I was I'm not going to say who. But I I was talking to somebody yesterday. Somebody that you know. I'll type it in the thing. Okay. I would do not say this on the air. But um So I, I was talking to that person on the air. Oh, yeah, I know her. Yeah, well, not her. I, I was talking to, I'm, I'm making to a joke. I know, I know. I'm talking to that person yesterday. Yes, yes. And we're having a conversation about whatever. You know, he wanted to get some, what's the scoop on this or that. You know, him and I keep in constant contact. And uh, in the background comes the wife. Okay. And she, she's getting ready to go somewhere and they have kids. So she's like, well, you're going to have to do that. And, and just hammering on him. And it was, and and it was the weird thing is, is I've been with, with those two husband and wife type. And they seemingly are, are better than most couples. Most couples that I, that I, that I know not as good as these two are. Okay. But even with that, it was, well, you're going to have to do this. And I had these plans and you weren't ready for it. Now you're going to go out and clean your motorcycle or something instead of doing this and that. And, and I was like, okay, you know, and as soon as I heard the door slam and it was a slam, not a close. As soon as I heard the door slam, the only thing I could say was, yeah, you're helping make my decision to never go back just that much easier. (laughs) Cause dude, I can't do it anymore. There's no way I would be the guy that would probably murder my next wife. <laughs> She's I, buried I in my backyard. Yeah, I, I mean, I would murder my next wife. I, I, I don't think that I would put up with one tenth of what I did put up with. And if if she kept going, I would have to introduce her mouth to the fucking other end of the judge. I I, I just don't think I could deal with it anymore, man. You mean that? You mean that? Two hundred dollar piece of junk. Yeah, that two hundred dollar paperweight. Right. <laughs> oh my god, dude! I I just can't go back to it anymore. There's just no way. Well, if if I hadn't seen it firsthand, yeah. Uh, you know, people say, "Oh, well, you're, he's just embellishing. He's just making, you know, oh. he's just making it worse than what it really was." But I I saw it firsthand, and the only thing that I could, you know, of course, obviously, I felt bad for you. Sure. But but number two, it's just like, can't this wait? Yeah. You know, can't can't this wait till later? I'm like a guest at your house and we're doing a live show together mm-hmm. and this can't wait. Well, what that proved was that there was no respect for either me or what I was doing. You know, it didn't matter what I was doing. It was you were infringing on her time. I gotcha. And and me doing something that I enjoyed was taking away from her. I gotcha. That was the that was the um, the overwhelming theme. Right. And, and you know and and I was so far in I didn't know how to you know I didn't know how to get out honestly <laughs> I didn't I, I I didn't know how to get out I'd been I'd been together with her for so fucking long I I mean my whole adult life. And I know I emphasize that in victories a lot, but that that's just the truth. I mean, I 
I started dating her when I was 18 years old. Right. Married at 19. Divorced at 43 with no cheats in the middle. You know, I, I what the fuck? I'm 40. I was 43 years old and had never been on my own ever, ever had girlfriends in high school, had a girlfriend that I was with in high school till I met her in the military, then broke up with the one in that was waiting for me to come home. Right. You know, I did not have any experience on how to get away from it. (laughs) And God knows, boy, did I waste a lot of time. Yeah. Well, all I all I can remember is, you know, you and I getting into a groove and, you know, yep. covering stories, kind of like what we were, are doing now, well, much better now. Yep. But, but uh, just that rapping on the window and standing there shaking a fist and, you know, just this just wrinkled up face, just and then and then digging through the digging through the kitchen uh drawers getting a pen and a paper out and writing feverishly and then taping a note to the door <laughs> just like, it was a mess it's like how embarrassing is this it was a mess and and when i tell people that stuff or when they read it especially when they read some of the stuff that it, I, none of that's in victories but it's in a lot of it i've talked about on facebook a lot and people are like oh come on that's fucking bullshit and i'm like anybody dude the the here's the here's the proof that's in the pudding as far as i'm concerned you've been to several of my parties right yeah Mm -hmm. every time i have a party don't a hundred fucking people show up yeah they just filter in and out yeah but and i know all of them right i mean i mean is that your experience? I that would, I, know I would everybody? say I would say that you would know everybody who came through the door at some point or another. So, without trying to boost myself up, would you say it is a fair assessment that I do not have a super hard time getting along or or making friends? No, not at all. Okay, none except for you. And Randy, in my life, ever met her. <laughs> ever met her. And I'm talking about close, close friends of mine. You know how close I am with John. John's like my fucking brother. Sure. Never met her. Right. Never met her. Matt. I did a radio show with Matt for fucking, what, 12 years. Mm-hmm. Never met her. I'm talking nev- none of my, Scotty too, so three. Three people had met her. Right. And of those three people, there's not a one of them say, yeah, she was okay. <laughs> not a single one of them. And and I mean, even even you, I mean, it's not like you had time to sit down and know her. No, not at all. What'd you say to her? Ten words in yeah. fucking ten years? Yeah, I came in and I set up the equipment and, you know, get doing some testing and getting ready to broadcast and, you know, getting ourselves situated and, yeah. you know, that's about it. Yeah, but but she wouldn't go out of her way to be polite to you either when you'd come in. Like, hey, do you want a drink? No, or, not know, at all. You know, so the stuff that, I don't know, regular people do. <laughs> is that is that a crazy thought that somebody comes in your home and you're like, hey, can I get you a, a water? Right. Can I get you a soda? Can I get you a drink? You know, some of that stuff is like, I, I think is like normal stuff. Never happened. I don't think did it? Did no, it ever happen with you? Not at all. Yeah, I just, and I don't think it ever happened for anybody because she hated all my friends. She hated that I had friends. Yeah, 
just hated the fact that I had friends. And let's not even get into the whole thing about that my friends weren't of the class that I should be friendly with. Right. Those people. Yeah, that was, the, the, the times that, you know, the times that you and I hung out was, you know, obviously you would come down to my show at the radio station to promote the music's bottom line. Sure. So I'd see you at least once a month doing that. And then, of course, when we went out to concerts, you know, we went to a lot of the same shows or, you know, sure. we would end up at the same places or we'd be out at the Revolution or, you know, at the Agora or different things. But, uh, right. you know, obviously I met the where I met you was at a Black Crow show at the at right. the Rhodes Arena, mm -hmm. you know, so so our relationship, your your friend, our friendship anyway, was developed out of the music scene. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, which is which is where a lot of the people that I knew uh, when I lived there, obviously, Randy, right. who, who introduced me to you. That's how I met him through a Jackal show. Right. You know, well, dude, and there were so many I'm getting into places I'm probably not supposed to, but whatever. I'm not necessarily telling specific instant instances, so I guess I'm OK. But um, there were. As an example of how it how miserable it got. One of the things that I was accused of fairly regularly was not making was was not making enough money and wasting wasting my time when I could be making money. So one of the things that I got in the practice of doing and you remember this was I turned every time I wanted to go out into an event. Like if if I was going to go see down as an example, because this is one I definitely did this with. Mm -hmm. If I was going to go see Down, I called the promoter or the club owner at like six weeks in advance. And I said, hey, you know, this is when I was on MMS. I was like, hey, you know, we when we're doing the metal show, you know, hook me up and I'll, you know, hook me up to MC the show. Pay me a hundred dollars. And I'll talk about that I'm going to be MC in the show for five, six weeks going into the show. And I would do that, you know. And so I, I would, you know, I, I wasn't I wasn't advertising as much as just saying where I was going to be. Right, exactly. You know, and and that way, when I got home at two, three in the morning, instead of getting an earful of shit. You had a hundred dollars in your pocket. Yeah, I, I just threw a hundred bucks on the table and said, hey, I made some money tonight. <laughs> And I had to do that. I had to do, I had to, everything had to be money. Right. Even, even your show, the reason that I, it was acceptable to go and do your show was because it directly correlated to so, the magazine making money. Yeah. Selling some advertising and exactly. So dude, everything was about, you know, I used to host that, um, the remember it was fear factor and then heavy metal karaoke on Wednesday nights. Yep with billy well i i would do it for 50 bucks i wanted to do it but it was like well if billy pays me 50 bucks then i can just fucking throw 50 bucks on the table yeah it's legitimate yeah now it's a business it's not it's not um a hang me fucking around yeah you know? it's a hang time yeah it's serious work if i if i make money <laughs> right well it, that's the same way with this show you know you know i've, I've told you about how my dad uh, has always Ask me, are you making any money with that show yet? Why do you keep doing that? Yeah, why you're, not? If you're not making any money at it, why are you doing it? Yeah. 
And I get the concept of that, but you know what? Sometimes you just do things for fun. Yeah. You know, and this is, for me, this is fun. I don't know. I don't know about you, but for me, this is fun. It's, it's always fun. Yeah. Well, you want to hear something crazy speaking about just something that turned into fun for us, but sure. yet somehow uh, we have, you know, a captive audience. I was doing a few calculations with, with, you know, our download numbers. Right. And uh it keeps it keeps picking up steam. We we passed our four million download mark on March fifth, which was sure. basically three weeks ago. Right. And uh you know when our next projected million is gonna be? What? September thirtieth. Wow. This year. Jeez. Nice. So at the rate the downloads are, we're we're gonna cross that in like just a matter of like seven months. Guess it's picking up some steam, baby. I mean, that's crazy. I mean, for our first million, it took us what a year and a half, mm-hmm. I think, something like that. And yeah. then our second million was exactly a year. Then our third million was was ten months. Our fourth million was like eight months, and now it's going to be like seven months. So it's just a matter. I mean, we're doing a million downloads in half the time that we did our first million. Yeah, it's it's un it's unbelievable how quick it's it's just growing now, man. And I'm I can't be more happy. I mean, dude, one of the things I've noticed is that in the last couple of weeks, we're just adding um, followers or favorites or whatever they're called on Facebook, like crazy numbers of of people. You know, this week we did not 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 crazy. I guess that's a big word for what we're doing. But like this week, we added like sixty followers. 60 that were not following us before and now are. And I'm like, you know, we used to do <laughs> for the longest time, we would add two, lose one, then add three and lose two. <laughs> right. Know? But like, I, I just pulled it up real quick and I'm looking at the numbers and the, the numbers are like on um, the 21st, we added seven. And on the um, 22nd, we added 19. And on the 23rd, we added four. So whatever that equals, about 30 people, roughly. Mm-hmm. On the same days, we lost two, then we lost four, then we lost four again. So we lost 10, but gained 30, which is just a, it's just a rapid, it's rapidly changing in our favor for the good now. Interestingly, <laughs> interesting how the numbers keep, keep going, you know? Yeah. Well, for something that doesn't get advertised and has no sponsors or anything, it always, you know, I'm always pleasantly surprised by, you know, those numbers. But I think our, our average download uh, on a daily download is about 5,100 a day. It just seems like a lot. It is. I mean, for, for our little dumb nonsense, <laughs> for people listening to our phone calls. Exactly. <laughs> it is fun, though. I, I mean, that's. Dude, one of the things, and since we're since we're in old memory lane mode, I guess was I when I came back to the show, I told you very specifically I was not going to do every week. Yeah, you you were just like, yeah, I, you know, I'll just make some cameos. I'll pop in now and again. Right, and and, and I had said at most I would I would do three weeks a month. I, re- I remember saying that. I remember saying when I when I committed to more full time, like when 
when when I really committed to it, I said, "Well, I'll do." You know, I'm single now, so I need 12 weeks off. A year. Yeah. You know? Well, and then and then on top of that, you were just like, "I might do the first four hours." Yeah, I wasn't committing at all to doing the whole thing. I was I was really not locked in, and I don't think. I mean, we've been doing this what now five years back, and I don't think I've missed five shows. Have I? No, I mean, you and I, I think we've we've missed a, about an equal amount of shows total. Yeah. I mean, we have things for this or that, but but even 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 most of the time when like you have something to do, I'm still willing to do a live show. And you know, or unless I just can't find anybody. I'm not doing a solo solo show where I'm like, "Hey, that was this band and now here's that band." You know, I'm not doing that. But um you know, it, it just it got to be fun. I, I think when I came back to the show, for whatever reason, I had that subconscious thought that it still was going to be like it was before. And I was still going to be fucking miserable. You know, I was going to do it, but then I was going to be a, as dumb as this sounds subconsciously somewhere. I think I thought that she would be listening from, <laughs> you know, listening while she's sucking the new guy's dick and fucking calling me, you know, clearing the cum out of her throat to call me to tell me how fucking awful I am of a human being. Right. That's really what I think I was like thinking that it was going to be like that. And then once you and I got rolling and, you know, some of the some of the all time classic shit came out, the Ted Nugent stuff or the Ian Hunter stuff. And, you know, once we got into that role and we were we were off and running, it was like, all right, this is pretty good. Well, (laughs) I think I think what also what changed in the dynamic was number one both of us could be more honest because in in the uh position i was working with my former brother-in-law oh yeah he he and my sister had such fear that Mm. someone was going to discover the show right and and hear the content of the show so i kind of like kept a lid on a lot of it sure and then because of your marriage situation you kept a lid on you know, Every- you, everything or, you know, you, you, you obviously you ventured out a little bit, but you were still kind of keeping it, you know, palatable. Well, I didn't talk about anything in my personal life. At right. All. Right. So, but once you came back, my situation with my former brother-in-law was over. Right. And your marriage was over. So we both could open up. Right. And have no concern that you're going to hear about it the next day or, or whatever the case may be. Right. Because Dude. at this point you and I don't answer to anybody as far no, as the con- where, where the content is concerned. Yeah. And I mean, do you have that fa- that I call it a famous clip, that clip that you play a lot in the opener where I'm reading the text from the chick that broke up with me from hearing the show where I, where I said to her point blank, I'm not going back. I'm not going back to doing the sh- to half doing the show. You know, I don't remember what that clip is in. It's one of them segments that you that you have the, in the open, right? But but it's a, but it's specifically me saying I will not go back to half doing the show because of some chick, right? And that's where this all comes from. That's was true. That I was half doing the show for years, and it was still good. That's what's amazing is that we were still killing it, but subdued i can't can you imagine if we had those if we still if we had dirt talk right now oh my god those guys would probably 
commit suicide. Because <laughs> if I could have gone all in on the rev, instead, I think I went pretty hard at him anyway. But can you imagine if I'd have gone all in? You know, just really, really fucked with him hard. Uh, he he would have murdered himself. He just would have. Yeah. Ugh. Good times, man. I mean, that's a mean thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're we're gonna have it out on Eddie Trunk show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna do some work. Yeah, we're gonna do some work and get bigger than the classic metal show. Are you? How'd that work out, Rev? And and there's a weird turn of events uh, for you about uh, turning around and becoming aligned with talking metal now. Yeah. Well. You, you know what that is, dude? Honestly, that, like you were saying a couple minutes ago, that is a big part of the change in in my attitude, really, because I I wanted to I wanted to end that. I didn't want to keep I didn't want to keep being angry about stupid shit. And to me, that that ended up being stupid shit at the end. You know, I mean, it was fun beating on them, but. And I've talked to Mark about this several times, and I don't know if I've talked about it on the air or not, but unlike the rev that was just fun to beat on, the the anger toward talking metal was very, very real. Mm-hmm. That was, and it wasn't you. I think you just were, I think at first anyway, you were just, you were like, oh, whatever, let him go, because I was being funny, you know, but you never had any issue with those guys, did no, you? No, no, just... The, the I didn't have any issue on a personal level with them. I just thought that some of the things that they said were kind of idiotic. Right. But, I mean, you didn't have an issue. I had a real issue because they got me fired from, from my CBS job. They they ran and cried to HR. And I had real, real anger. And that's why that segment went on for 10 solid years. Because I had real fucking anger. And the truth is now looking at it now is that I probably wouldn't have had that anger if I didn't have so much anger for everything else in my fucking life. That's why they call you angry Aiken. It is. It it stemmed out of that time, you know, and, but now I don't want to have that kind of rage anymore. I don't have, I don't really have any aggression with anybody anymore. I, I don't think, I mean, people still say that I'm intense, but. I don't think that I'm, do you think that I'm even a 10th as angry as I used to no, be? No, not at all. You know, I hear I mean, some of them old shows and I'm like, Woof. yeah, you, you had no patience at all. None. Oh my God, dude. When, when we used to have technical problems, <laughs> we, here's a story that I don't think me or you has ever talked about on the show. When we would have just basic technical issues, just, you know, something was fucking up or something with the board or whatever, which we had a lot of because Skype was nowhere near as good as it is now. No. Well, we would have the slightest thing, an echo or something, that could set me off into a tangent. I'd be like, fuck this! <laughs> the microphone out of the way and yell at it, scrambling, like, this is fucking bullshit! And then, you know, you know, I'd be turning the mic off and, and then, <laughs> then we'd turn the mic on and you'd be like, you okay? And I was like, no, I'm not fucking okay! <laughs> Don't, what are we going to play? The fucking Sleaze Rocks faggot song of the week? What do we do? You know, it was always just so fucking angry. Yeah. <laughs> For the stupidest shit. Meanwhile, all I had to do was fucking close Skype and reopen it. We were fine. But I would just lose my shit. Yeah. About every fucking thing. 
and it, it's just not like that now. Look, even tonight, you you called me up. Now, ten years ago, if you'd have called me with that same call, it would have been fucking painful. Yeah, fuck it. We're not even doing a show tonight. Just never mind. Yeah, fuck it. I'm not. not the, I'm not in the mood now. Yeah, you want to do it? Do it yourself. When you get the shit working, fuck it. You know, I'd be like gone. And but now tonight, I was like, I was like, all right, well, I guess I'll play some songs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how it goes totally different attitude man and a better attitude so so much better now, the fact of the matter is the classic metal show has been around for 20 years those guys have been around a really long time they have a major major fan base they have amazing guests on dude what'd you say they had lizzie borden on last week mm-hmm. you know they got great people we make fun of their guests sometimes because sometimes they have stupid people but if you boil right down to the to brass tacks classic metal is a fantastic show they got great people. And 20 years is something you don't just spit at. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of dumb for me to sit around and make fun of the Classic Metal Show because they are everything that I want to be. Um, <clears throat> I want to be as big as they are. And that's something that hopefully one day will come to fruition. Did it? And how did that work out for you? guess it didn't work out. <laughs> Here's where he says he's going to do some work with Talking Metal. All right. Uh, shout out right now at the beginning of the show to the guys, uh, Mark and Chris. Is that right? Mark and John <laughs> Mark, from see, he had Chris on the brain. He, he had me so in his head he couldn't fucking get past it. Yeah, Mark and Chris. <laughs> it's kind of ironic, though. Mark and Chris now. Yeah, there it is. Maybe he knew. Well, Mark and John, I apologize. I, I talked with Mark back yeah. and forth a little bit. Um, thanks for supporting the show, Mark. I don't know. The other guy may hate the show. I don't know if John <laughs> the, the other guy. The other guy. I can't remember his name. Yeah. One's going to go. <laughs> but uh, Mark is a, a fan of the show. We appreciate that. We're going we're gonna to do some work okay. for Talking Metal okay. back and forth and get bigger than the uh, classic metal show. And uh, Who? Yeah. Those guys have been around a really long time. <laughs> so there you go. Who? Who? <laughs> <laughs> so good man yeah. <laughs> dude i love that but and still one of my all-time favorites and i'm i gotta get you to just dig it out and send it to me the episode that we did analyzing the pictures of the revs apartment that might be the greatest segment ever yeah the filthy apartment and just we we're so fucking granular with our with with our observation and we were just doing it from pictures but it was like look at those bottles up on the roof on the top of that locker they're all dirty this guy doesn't even fucking dust these bottles and look at that dirty pillowcase yeah that filthy filthy sheets and the oil stained pillowcase with a (laughs) with a pizza box next to the bed and the fucking um, the stickers from the that you pull off of the CDs on the side of his furniture, <laughs> and and the um, the what you would call it the lawn chair, the lawn chair that that black metal or the black knight as uh, Scott Clark would say, yeah, <laughs> the lawn chair with black metal Ray with a sandwich on the floor. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> We kill and we killed him for what an hour. Yeah, on those pictures. Well, we but but just- I, what I couldn't understand is, and I still can't understand to this day is why would anyone post those pictures? Well, dude, it was awful. 
He was trying to... He, I don't know what he was trying to prove. Well, he but, was trying to show the Dirt Talk studio. Well, it was clearly dirty. Yeah. It was definitely Dirt Talk, all right, because that place was a fucking filthy sty. Who? And yeah, you're right, Ray. Who? <laughs> and I'll be the first one to admit, I do not keep... My, I keep my place what I call bachelor clean, because it's clean enough for a bachelor. But any anything with a vagina comes in here and it's like, ugh. Look at this fucking place, you know. Who? And I get it, you know, a vagina. Who? Vag. Who? Dripping snail. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, this was his place was on a different plane of awful. Yeah. I mean, condemned worthy awful. It would. Don't you think that if if an inspector would have come in there, they would have shut it down. You would have thought, and the thing is, is it wasn't he a restaurant manager? Yeah, well, he said that. I think if you consider wearing a headset and taking orders a manager, then probably. <laughs> you know, I, I still, I still contend that he was working the drive-through window at McDonald's. I do not believe for a minute that he was managing people. Not that guy. <laughs> no way. He did write a great book, though. <laughs> what was that called? The the angel the por- diaries, the porch fi- fi- por- or por- uh, pitchfork diaries, or something. Pitchfork diaries. Yeah, the pitchfork diaries. Yeah, that was another great segment that we did when we would do the dramatic reads from his book. Yeah, Miss Cooksey. <laughs> Angels with pus. Yeah, everything was burnt and pus. Yep. <laughs> so good. So funny, dude. Those were the those were the good old days, man. Mm-hmm. That's when did we do the 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 JS Bannerman stuff? That was when I came back. Wasn't yeah, it? that's that's since you've been back. Yeah, wow. And that feels like that was ages ago, doesn't it? That feels it was like that it was before. in the first year that you came back. That was one of the bits that we started developing. Yeah, and you and would I'm... you would read excerpts from his uh, book. From his book, we we might have to re redo that. I don't know if I still have that on my i because I have a different iPad now. But if you bought it once on Amazon, you you own it like forever, don't you? I don't know. I've never bought a book off Amazon. I'll have to. If not, I mean, I think I can go into my pocket the extra dollar ninety nine for the J.S. Bannerman, you know, book. I sure wish he'd put out another. <laughs> Maybe he has under a different name. Yeah, J.S. Bannerman. J.S. Bannerman. Too funny. Oh, here, here, here's, uh, here's, uh, here's the bumper for that. All right. Hi, kids. I'm your librarian, Miss Booksy. It's story time. Everybody gather around. Everybody ready? Yeah. I said, is everybody ready? Yeah. Okay, then. It's story time with Jake Bannerman. I never bought Tony McAlpine records because he was a Negro. Yeah, well, honestly, I said that black man cannot, no black man can play guitar. You think Stephen King's scary? Fuck Stephen King. We've got Jake Bannerman, horror author to the stars. I would love to de-pants people on this show. So strap in, kids, and be warned, you're about to be frightened by Jake fucking Bannerman. Yeah, that was one of the 
first bits we started doing when you came back. Dude, there is a second book. There is a second J.S. Bannerman book. Is that right? And it's definitely his. <laughs> Family of Dog, The Harvest. Paperback costs $6.66. Nice. Guess what I'm doing right now? <laughs> I am going to buy me some Jake Bannerman. All right. Should I buy the Kindle for four ninety nine, or should I go all in for the $6.66? Is it autographed? No, it's not autographed. Oh, damn it. But I think, should I should I give him the extra money? I'm giving him the extra money. Yeah, he, he needs it. He's got like a house full of kids and a fat wife, doesn't he? <laughs> I think so. I am going to add, buy now, $6.66. Jake Bannerman, Family of Dog, The Harvest. That sounds gay. <laughs> Thank you, Toby. Can't say that I disagree with you there. <laughs> I'm going to go with the free two-day shipping. Place that order, bitch. Send me my book. All right. Next week, we might have a new... If if I actually get this in two days, we might actually have a, a Jake Bannerman reading next week. All right. <laughs> Should be fun. We'll just... Uh, we'll revisit an old uh, bit. Yes. <laughs> and I promise this right now, Neely, I'm not going to dig into the book until we come on the air. All right. So that it is fresh even to my eyes. <laughs> Jake. Bannerman. Oh, my Come God. Oh, easy. Who's that, Mark Nero? Yeah. Sorry, Mark. <laughs> Boy, this is really old home night. Yeah, it's old home week. It just, just reminds me of all the stuff that we used to do years ago. Oh, man. So many of those bits are so good. Do you ever go back and listen to, like, Kay and Abby or any of that stuff? Oh, God, that's great. Yeah, I know, Stephen. I'm with you. Yes, I, I actually listened to Kay and Abby Probably, it might have been six months ago. I, I listened to that. That was that was a good time. See, I I feel I feel that I need to say something. <laughs> <laughs> and the other one talking about how she was fucking passed out drunk at the cheesecake factory, <laughs> crawling. Dude, we were so brutal to her. Yeah. Remember we were talking about, yeah, keep drinking so I can fuck you later. Yeah, you were saying, he said the only reason her old man keeps her wasted all the time is so he can ram her in the ass. <laughs> but the best thing that we ever did with Kay and Abby wasn't even on the air. Was that night, because they broadcast on Sundays. Yeah, if I and, and we had everyone who was in the CMS chat room go into their chat room. Yeah. And they were just blown away by the number of people that were in their chat room. And then we gave the signal and told everyone to log out exactly at the same time. And the whole chat room just like was gone. Right. But do you remember also that I was also chatting with Kay or Abby, like in the private chat or something. And I was selling her about how great her show was and, you know, that it, that it brought power to women and this and that. And then I turned on her mid. Yeah. <laughs> Like she was all sold on me, and then I start. Then I just turned the total opposite and was like, "You're a whore. You're cut." Right. <laughs> and the they had that that the boyfriend was like trying to be the admin. Pecky. Yeah, Pecky. Pecky. <laughs> Your memory is good, man. Yep. 
and and he he didn't know because they never had people in their chat room. They didn't know how to uh, how to deal with forty fucking people all hammering them at the same time. <laughs> they started was, they started banning people right and left, and then we just pulled everybody out at exactly the same time. Yeah, but then everybody was gone. There was like one person left, me, <laughs> and then everybody came back in and. <laughs> Dude, and when we used to do that to the Rev, oh, that was once once we got over on the Rev, then it was great where he would just he couldn't even do his show. Well, we what what upset him all the time was if you brought up Vanessa. Oh yeah. And and I said, you know, I think what you had said something in the chat room about, you know, well, Vanessa's new boyfriend is banging her like a screen door in the wind. Right. And that just derailed him just completely derailed him yep and that's when he went into the whole don't ever talk about her like that don't ever talk and then he goes and that's when he went into the whole well let's just play some stupid music i guess (laughs) (laughs) i wish i still had my dramatic read yeah do you have that or no Uh, i i'm sure i might have it somewhere but i'd have to dig around for it that was great with the baby crying in the background. And for fans that don't know, I'm going to reset this story. I wish I had it. I'm looking even on MySpace right now to see if it, if the page is still up. But um, they they had a um, dude was so enamored with this girl Vanessa, and from this girl Vanessa came. Um, what what was it? It was um, she broke up with him. Yeah, she she just up and broke up with him. Broke up with him, and this guy was just devastated. I mean, devastated, and put it all out there to which I took full fucking advantage of. Well, the the thing is, is that he posted some kind of a long ass poem poem about <laughs> her, and you took poetic license. <laughs> and and read it with like a weeping woman in the background. Well, no, it was a baby crying. Was it a no? It was a weeping woman. I thought it was a baby crying. No, it the- was a woman in the background while you were reading, it, and she was going. <laughs> and then and then I think at the very very end, after you were done reading it, then the baby kicked in. Right. Well, there's still dirt talk up here. Uh, but it's just not it's not all the content is wiped out god damn it because i know i didn't delete it <laughs> remember he and he was all pissed off that i that i set up a page <laughs> about dirt talk yeah <laughs> well not not only that but uh because because he always made everything so public on his show right is that uh when when they were trying to have a presence out on the web right uh he talked about the uh domain name he wanted to buy yeah that's right and politics and politics.com yeah, right and as soon as he said that i logged into my GoDaddy site and i bought it bought it immediately and then i pointed it or you one of us pointed it to the meat spin the meat spin and he was just i remember the next week he was like he was like, those guys at the classic metal show, 
they built. He thought we built it somehow. Yeah, they, they, he thought we built the meat spin website. They built a disgusting website. <laughs> <laughs> and he was horrified in that chick. What was that chick's name? Letitia or something? Yeah, that was a Black Metal Ray's uh, chick. Chick, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, whatever her name was, she was like, those guys are filthy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that was that too, shit, too funny. That shit was amazingly funny. My God, that was fun. And that went on for a long time. We beat on, well, and the thing was with Dirt Talk, that's another one. That could have been, that could have been ended pretty quickly, and we could have, we could have, had a decent relationship with that guy you know because ultimately what he was doing even though we didn't necessarily dig it too much would have worked when we had the network going yeah it would have worked with what we had but he wanted to fight me remember because he he was like i was pranking him with emails I, I just kept sending him. He, what did he do? He threatened that if well, he, he didn't he, get any he, email. Well, he read your email on his show, thinking thinking that he had a major fan in you. But before that, though, didn't he threaten the week before that he was going to cancel his show? Yeah, he, he was going to go off the air. Yeah, if he didn't get any appreciation for what he did, and he didn't get any emails. Right. So I sent him an email, just gushing. Just saying that I can't make it through a week without dirt talk. Yeah. He's so insightful and this, you know, just fucking with him. And and he read it and then we recorded it and then we used it on our show. And then we started doing that for a couple of weeks. And then he he busted me out on it. And then when he busted me out, I even said to him, I said, dude, why don't you come on and we'll laugh at I and I wasn't I we have that audio somewhere. We do. I have it. But I was not mean about it. I was like, yep, you got us. Why don't you come on? We'll have a couple laughs about it, and we'll go forward. He's like, fuck you. He's like, I'm not coming on your fucking show. I don't need you. Okay. Okay, bud. You want to go the other route? We can do that, too. And I was I was so ready for war with anybody at that moment. I was like, okay, I will fuck with you forever. And we did. We We literally fucked with him until he quit. And I believe fully that 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 segment where where i called him out and you know he tried every which way to get me mad and i just kept pounding on him mm -hmm. you know i truly believe that he realized he was outmatched and he quit that I, I i can't imagine that it went any other way no can you? of course not i mean it was i think he got to the point of like what's the use yeah. Well, he, he got sick of getting embarrassed over and over and over and over. And then when his big threat, when we used his big threat, which was to do it on Eddie Trunk, when we used it against him, I think that was really the last stout, the last straw for him. Pretty that much. Here, that we here we were going to have Eddie on the show, and I was challenging him to come on. Yep. <laughs> so good. That was fun times, man. Good shit. Yeah. So there's there's a little snapshot of the development uh, of how things just kind of morphed, yeah, to where we are today. But yeah, we we were kind of doing the sticky radio things, you know. Sure. Having bits. Yeah, well, dude, we had like a lot of bits back then. Everything was a bit. We, yeah, we had the um, what was it? Break it or take it or something? <laughs> you know the 
Rocks hard or hardly rocks. Yeah, that's that's the one. Do you have that bumper somewhere? Uh, let me look. Feature bumper, that? rocks hard, hardly rocks. Let me yeah. see here. Maybe uh, you have that. Not, oh, if you find it, it's not going to know what to do. It's been so long since you clicked that one. Yeah. Oh, here we are. Classic Metal Show wants to know if you think this next song rocks hard or hardly rocks. Oof, boy. <laughs> and then there was a closer after we played the song. All right. To hear the song again or to vote, just go to www.theclassicmetalshow.com. Click on the link on the right side that says RH or HR. Listen to the track again and cast your vote. And let the world know if you think this song rocks hard or hardly rocks. Oof. Boy, could I have been any less emotional in that read? <laughs> Jesus Christ. So so do you want to hear the merciless onslaught? That, oh yeah, that that you beat uh, the rev up with. I absolutely want to hear that. Here we go. Hey, smart guy, you want to talk to Eddie Trunk? Sure, why not? Well, I think the original deal was if you guys wanted to uh, talk to me, we would do it with Eddie Trunk being the moderator. But apparently, you guys couldn't pull that off, so I thought you had. I, I wonder who now. made that deal. Did we make that I deal, did. or did we agree to that deal? I don't think so. I think you pulled it out of your ass because you were looking, you were reaching for anything to make you feel good, stupid. Couldn't do it. Don't need to do it. My show's bigger than yours, little man. You got nothing. Are you proud of that? Yep, I am. I'm proud that I don't speak to my three friends once a week, stupid. How's that a 300 square foot apartment treating you anyway, man? It looks pretty cool on the web. Do you feel better about yourself? Are you building self? assurance by picking on other people? I mean, is that how bad it is for you? I'm just enjoying the depancing I'm taking here from you, stupid. <laughs> Fuck you, cock. Let's see who was called stupid in this conversation. I'm going to go ahead and say that was you. Dude, what, what high school psychology class did you get your nonsense from? Maybe we just enjoy picking on you because you're so damn dumb. Did you ever think of that? That's what it is. We think you're dumb. Well, I don't and I enjoy picking on the dumb. I feel great knowing that I'm pounding you and you've got nothing. You have nothing. What do you have? Tell me what you have. You have a radio career that's going to go nowhere. You have a what broadcast have degree exactly? that's going to sit on your wall while you continue to wait tables. What do I have? I got a job. I got a house. I got a life. Far more than you, dirt farmer fucking tool I, I love your your depancing here dude really is that what you have yeah really huh huh i don't know what to say you suck that's what you should say just say i the rev suck because that's what you've got you dope you've got to like kindergarten lots and kick kids into me you feel awesome about that wouldn't you I, I probably would and a down syndrome kid too that's why i like beating on you you are an idiot, and I feel good about saying it. I feel I feel like I'm preaching the Bible because I'm speaking absolute truth here. He's a sellout. He sold out his cock for fucking cash. 
So enjoy your dollars and your vagina there. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Why would that guy even try? What an idiot. Man, oh man, that guy makes me nuts. Man, oh man, that guy makes me nuts. <laughs> that was quite a beating. <laughs> that was an oldie. I just re- you know what I remember most about that that pre- specific segment was that you were going to do the talking, and you you called, and then I just launched on him. Yeah. <laughs> and then it was just I don't think you said one word at, at all. I was just recording the whole thing. Yeah. It was funny. Let's see. I'm trying to see if this is uh, something he uh, something else he did. Right. Hang on. Do you have low self-esteem? Feel the need? All right, yeah. After your uh after your little beating there. Yeah. He uh put this put this thing together about us. Mhm. Here we go. Do you have low self-esteem? Feel the need to pick on others to make yourself feel better. Basically, do you need emotional help because you're a huge piece of sh? We have just the tool for you. The Classic Metal Show. We are worthless and empty inside, and we know it. So we take pointless shafts at others to keep us from slitting our wrists. Learn how to make fun of kids with cerebral palsy, homeless people with children starving on the streets, and paraplegics in wheelchairs. That's right, now you can stoop the levels of non-human proportions. Join now and enter the Piss on the Dead contest. Not only are they defenseless, but they're dead. You're going to feel great inside. You worthless You got that right, dick. Can these guys ever do anything without referencing Bumblefoot? Mumblefoot, Bumblefoot, Crumblefoot. Does anybody really give a fuck? Are these guys for real... A dummy and an alcoholic. Yeah, they're metal experts. Does this guy have a microphone or is he just retarded? Hey, maybe it's not too late to trade you in for a Down Syndrome baby, fuckface. Punishing the weak because we can. Jesus. Is that a Wheezy production or is no, that a No, I think that was us. I think we put that together. But that was a Rev thing. We he right. li- he did that at the beginning of one of his shows. Punishing the week because we can. <laughs> <laughs> so good. All that stuff was like 2008. I know. It's like 10 years ago. It's crazy. It, it seems like it was not that long ago. That is some funny shit, man. Look, I love that. Yeah, look at looking back at all this all this old material that uh, I'm scrolling through here. Just it's like, man, where did the time go? I know, crazy. People want to hear that stuff too. Eventually, we got to put it up somewhere. Well, it takes a lot of work. Yeah, that's the whole issue is that it takes forever. You know, maybe work it out with Happy Land. Just give them like you know six hours of it in a clip. Just say here. Put this up. Put this up and sell it for us. Yeah, there's, you know, the the archive material that I have here is just 
endless. Oh, I know. I, well, you have everything. I do. I don't think there's anything that you don't have, is there? No, I've I've kept I've got several hard drives that uh, I have, you know, backup copies of backup copies, you know. So, I mean, you have the shows before me. Yeah, I do. You have like every show you've ever done, or damn near. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, so all the way back to '96, you have boxes of tapes somewhere. I do. <laughs> Probably hidden behind Christmas presents and something. <laughs> 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 Wow. Funny stuff, man. Yeah. Well, almost 23 years in. Yeah, and still going. That's that's the amazing part. And I and you know, I know that eventually we'll jump the shark and and we won't know it. You know, <laughs> the fans will let us know it, I'm sure. I'm just I'm I'm hopeful that they don't turn on us like they did like O&A or Stern or any of them. Have you seen how bad those guys get beaten now by their ex-fans? It's it's ugly. <laughs> yeah, well, the the thing is is that they destroyed what they made great. Mhm. Yeah, that's why I I mean I would think if we start to go down, we'll just quit, won't we? Yeah, I mean, well, we're, we're it's not like we're under contract or something. I know, but I mean, I I would hate to just be doing it and just not being good. You know, I I would hate that. I mean, I'm, look, anytime I think that we didn't do a great show, I'm like, "Ah, oh, motherfucker, we got to do better." You know, we got to we got to have better topics and you know, blah, 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 blah. You know, I get in into a tizzy. And then you tell me the next day, the show's fucking fine, dude. What are you fucking bitching about? Yeah. Because <laughs> when, when I'm obviously when I'm going through cutting up the show. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I have to listen to portions of it to, to find the break. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I listen to it. It's like, wow, that was that was real good. But admit it, that that exact exchange that I just mimicked happens at least once a month. Mm hmm. Once a month, I'm like, oh, we got to do fucking better. That was not good. We, we we didn't connect. We didn't connect. That's always my thing. We didn't connect. And really, it's it's like just me being fucking ridiculously anal about it. That's why that's why I don't listen a lot of the time. I don't listen back hardly ever until like six or eight months later when it comes up in the in the stream on the live stream. Because then when I hear it where I'm not attached to it anymore, then it, then I can. Uh, listen to it and think okay that was kind of fun yeah and then you go i don't even remember doing that well i never remember any of it <laughs> dude I, that's the weird thing is and it's crazy when we come across fans because the fans will be like dude the funniest thing you ever did was when you talked about warrant and their wine or blah, blah, blah. and i'll be like yeah <laughs> <laughs> and, and i won't remember any of it because it's not, it's not, and I, I think I figured out why. It's because we don't plan anything. No. If we planned it, then it would be in my subconscious more. But because we just wing it, I don't, I don't give it like value of, oh, I better keep that in my brain, you know, or I got to prepare so that I say the right thing or any, I, I just wing it. And I don't, once it's out of my mouth, half the time, I don't remember saying it. You know, just like anybody else. I mean, how many conversations does do normal people have that they don't remember like an hour later? Sure. You know, that that's what this is to me is this is still just me and you just bullshitting. And an hour or two later, half the shit doesn't fucking stick. You know, and then six months later, I hear it back. I'm like, God damn. When was I talking about, you know, anal sex with Indian midgets? <laughs> you know, and I won't remember that shit at all. I'm like, what the fuck? You know, <laughs> well, 
being that uh, we also, you know, went at uh, talk, talking metal pretty hard. Sure. One of the, obviously, one of the things that the, they said quite yeah. frequently was amazing. Right. And I put this montage together at that point. All right. All right. That's amazing. And, That's amazing. And, but it was amazing. An amazing, amazing opportunity. When I say amazing, it's going to be amazing. I love that title. I think it's amazing. It's such an amazing song. Lucy Lawless is uh, amazing. Just amazing. Amazing dude. Amazing. That, that's PayPal. amazing. An amazing. Just an amazing magazine. I'm sure it sounds amazing. And we're going to get into a amazing interview. JD is an amazing bass player. You guys are, are amazing. Amazing, man. Crazy amazing, devotions. man. Amazing players. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny. Admit it. Even now, you don't like to say amazing because of that. Yeah, because it was every other every other thing, no matter what song it was, no matter what artist they were talking about, no matter what movie they saw, it was always amazing. I know. I catch myself, though, a lot of times now where I'll be like, oh, man, that show was amazing. And, and I'll be like, oh, that show was really good <laughs> because i don't want to say amazing because we beat on that so hard for a decade right you know so i sub my subconscious won't let me use the word amazing ever that's amazing no it's it's just very good yeah <laughs> good times man good times bad times you know there's a part of me that's like man i was awfully awfully fucking wicked mean and, and there's a truth, if we're, if we're just sharing truths, there's a part of me that feels bad at how bad I took I took my rage out on Talking Metal and The Rev. Yeah, you honest. did. Absolutely. Because I was angry. And there is definitely a piece of me that's like, I wish I could do that again because it wouldn't be, it would not be as venomous. I mean, The Rev... While he was a turd, and he absolutely was a turd, I, I was so far over a line that I would even like to cross when when the not not necessarily going after the girlfriend that he made public, but just not stopping with it. You know, there was a point where there was a point that I probably should have backed off of that <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> but instead it was like, let's do it harder, let's do it more, let's you know. The guy said one time that he liked the fucking singer of um, In This Moment, and I went out of my way to schedule an interview with her, did 20 minutes of interview with her just for, the sole get, purpose just, of, just for the sole purpose of getting her to say that Dirt Talk sucks. That was the only reason I did it. I talked to her for 20 minutes about her whatever her album was just because he said his favorite band was In This Moment. And, and, and I went just to get the idea at the end that said, Hey, this is Maria from In This Moment, and uh, you're listening to Dirt Talk, the worst show ever, or something like that. And then, and then we called it his phone at two in the morning and left it on his pants. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you're angry, folks. Yeah. When you're gonna go to those lengths just to fucking get a thirty second rise out of this asshole. That's when you're fucking way over the edge, pissed. And that's where I was. I was absolutely that mad. And I don't even know why. I don't know why at that guy. He was just some dumbbell. Yeah. You know, I, I, I really don't know why I was so aggressive toward him. Maybe you do, or maybe you have a theory. But I, don't, I don't. Uh, I, I think it was just, just the stupidity of it. 
Yeah. It, it, it's probably about accurate too, because it was stupid, <laughs> but man, the, the level of rage that was in there for me to just fucking blast out made for great radio, but ooh, it came at a price, I guess, for my own personal psyche. Cause I was fucking pissed. Oh, so, so vicious. Those crafty guys yeah. over at the classic metal show left a voicemail <laughs> on my home phone. <laughs> yeah, which he put out every yeah, week. Which he gave the number out every week. Yeah, because he was begging people to fucking call him. <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. Yeah. You had that handy. That's funny. Oh, I, I, you know, I do have it. I just, you know, I just don't have it uh, at the fingertips. Right. That's but some I, good shit. But there. I have a folder uh, in a, on a hard drive that has uh, everything that has dirt talk in it. <laughs> dirt talk. In fact, I think the folder uh, is labeled dirt truck. Dirt truck. Dirt truck. <laughs> Do you have Ray's solo show too? Uh, I don't know. I got to hear that again if it still exists. <laughs> that shit with him. He, he was so... Or just any of his news was so great. <laughs> just just listening to his news was hysterical. And you and I commenting on his news and... Just, just to hear the rev go, hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And that clicking when he would get mad? Yeah. <laughs> I do have all those recordings. I just got to get my hands on them. Yeah, you got to bring some of that shit up, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Good shit. Oh, God. All right. I say we take a short break. All right. Yeah, I need a coffee. A coffee? I'm drinking coffee during the show these days, man. No beers for you, pal. I haven't drank beer on the show uh, probably in about eight months. Really? I, yeah, it's been a while. man. I, I When my kid had the cancer, that's that's when I just stopped because, you know, I needed to be able to jump if I had to. Right. You know, and I like drinking coffee now during the show because it keeps me a lot more awake and, you know. There, as you're well aware, there are some times when we get to the to the last hour of the show where I'm I am really dragging, but now with drinking coffee, I think I'm a lot more awake and alive, you know, all the way through the show. Sure. Of course, then I don't go to bed till five o'clock in the morning, but whatever. <laughs> so as long as we give a good show, that's what that's all I care about. All right. Well, uh, <clears throat> I think I'll dedicate this next song to you then. All right. This is uh, this comes from Fifth Freedom. From their, their Heartbreak and Hellfire release, and this is for a wise man. Oh, yeah, me. <laughs> here it is. It's Fifth Freedom exclusively here. On your classic metal show. Budget Pet Care is the leading online supplier of pet health care products that provide branded health care products throughout the United States. They provide quality brand name pet supplies for flea and tick treatments, dewormers, nutritional supplements, eye, ear, and joint care treatments for all cats and dogs, including Frontline Plus, Advantage, K9 Advantix, Capstar, and more. 
go to https colon slash slash bit dot ly slash cmspnbpc and use the promo code green20 to save 20% on your next order. Shop Budget Pet Care today. <laughs>